0: Every now and then, we here at the Andrew Klavan Show like to try to reach across the aisle, create a little bit of understanding and compassion between conservatives and the gibbering idiots on the other side. After all, it does no good for us on the right to discuss our dedication to constitutional rule of law, limited government, and individual liberty if we can't even take a moment to listen to our friends on the left and try to understand all that largely meaningless screeching and whining they do while we're working for a living and raising our children. So today, in that spirit of bright goodwill, I'd like to examine the Democrat side of this election and try to understand what it is they're trying to say. Democrats believe that Donald Trump is a hate-mongering racist and bigot. And when Donald Trump calls Hillary a hate-mongering racist and bigot, that is absolutely unacceptable because you shouldn't be allowed to call your political opponent a hate-mongering racist and bigot, especially if you're a hate-mongering racist and bigot. Democrats believe that this country is an unfair, mongering, stink heap of brutal racism, sexism, and homophobia. And when Donald Trump says this country is in trouble, it's disgusting because this is a wonderful country where everything is going great. Democrats believe that black people are oppressed, impoverished, and endangered by violence. And when Donald Trump says black people are oppressed, impoverished, and endangered by violence, that's awful because black folks couldn't be happier. Democrats believe that Donald Trump is a terrible man for attacking a great war hero like John McCain. That's their job. Democrats believe that we have to continue the policies of Barack Obama because they have improved our country so much, and that's why we have to elect a Democrat to correct the income inequality, low employment, and Middle Eastern violence that have become so much worse over the last eight years. Democrats believe that words matter, and therefore you shouldn't say them. Democrats believe that ideas matter, and therefore they should be able to tell you which ones to have. Democrats believe that the Muslims' religion is just as good as the religions of the people they kill. To say otherwise would be to suggest that ideas matter, which you shouldn't go around saying because ideas matter. Democrats believe that Republicans should stop all this complaining about media bias because it makes it hard for them to hear all the great things the media are saying about them. But most of all, Democrats believe that only government can create the sort of programs that can make our problems so bad that only government can create the sort of programs that can make our problems so bad that only government can create the sort of problems that make our problems so bad that only government can solve them. Also, everything's melting and police are killing all the black people. So run for your life and vote for Democrats because things are going so well. I hope this has been helpful in bringing our two sides together. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven and this is the Andrew Clavin show. <laughs> someone someone pointed out on Twitter yesterday that maybe it wasn't fair of me to put the trigger warning at the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're careening, careening wildly until the long Labor day Clavenless weekend. I can barely I can barely watch what's going to happen. You can stave off. You can stave off the effects of the Clavenless weekend. If only, if only you will order my book, my memoir, the great good thing. Right, it's a simple solution, a great good thing, a secular Jew comes to faith in Christ. And if you're interested in getting a little preview of it, you can go on on Christianity Today on their website. They have a short piece that I wrote that's kind of a, a little preview of the book, so that would give you a sense of it, and then you can spring for the book, which you ought to do anyway. All right, we've got 15 minutes together here on Facebook and YouTube live, and then come over to The Daily Wire to watch the rest of the show, or you can download us later on iTunes or SoundCloud. But the important thing is that you subscribe because you already missed last week's mailbag, and now another mailbag is in the offing, and you want to be in it. You have to be part of the show. So, before we get to the main news, I just noticed that scientists uh, probing a newly exposed, formerly snow covered outcropping in Greenland claim that they have discovered the oldest fossils ever seen, remnants of life. 3.7 3.7 billion years old, and they can clu- include emails from Hillary Clinton. That's amazing. Let's uh, <laughs> just bring that up. All right, I, I couldn't help that. I just saw that. I thought, well, well, I bet there's some more of those in there. All right. So Trump in Mexico. This is actually a big story. I think this is. I mean, there there is a poll today from Fox that has Trump and Hillary two points ahead uh, as Hillary only two points ahead of Trump with that means that the gap has really narrowed a lot. It was ten points earlier in the month. And I think the stuff that happened yesterday is going to change a lot of stuff. I mean, it's going it's really going to be, uh, you know, I think I think it's a game saver. I think it's like a a game saver, game changer. And I think, you know, let, let's take a look at what happened. Trump goes down and answers an invitation to meet the Mexican president, Enrique Piña Nieto, okay? And they had a negotiation, and it got a, little, it got a little tense.
1: Oiga, senor, we are federales, you know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. We didn't try to do you any harm. Why don't you try to be a little more polite? Give us your gun and we'll leave you in peace. I need my gun myself. Oh, uh, throw that old iron over here. We'll pick it up and go our way. You go anyway without my gun and go quick.
0: So, okay, maybe that wasn't the most presidential moment, but at least he stood up for our Second Amendment rights, right? And, and then later he came out in a press conference with Nieto, and he made conciliatory remarks about Mexican-Americans.
2: Mexican-Americans don't like to just get into gang fights. They like flowers and music and white girls named Debbie, too. <laughs> mexican son-in-law named Jeff (laughs) Mexican Americans don't like to get up early in the morning but they have to so they do it real slow Mexican Americans love education so they go to night school and they take Spanish and get a B Mexican Americans love their nanas and their nonos, and their ninas and their ninos. Nanu, nanu, nina, no, no. (laughs) Mexican Americans don't like to go to the movies where the dude has to wear contact lenses to make his blue eyes brown. Cause don't it make my brown eyes blue? And that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that made up for a lot of the mean things he said about the rapists and all that <laughs> so, I, I, As far as I'm concerned, we can end the show right here, but I suppose we should go on and talk about what really happened. Uh, and I really do believe, I really do believe that this is going to have a big effect on the polls if if the volume doesn't wear off and Trump like blows his foot off with like a cannon or something like this. But just yesterday, he really looked great. He goes down there and he meets with the president at the, pre- at the Mexican president's request, and then he comes out and he Gives one of these joint press conferences, and for those of you who are supporters of Hillary Clinton, a press conference is where a candidate stands in front of the press and answers questions. Uh, so this was—it's a little different on our side than on yours. But he gets out and he gives a press conference, and he was actually really. First of all, he was very restrained. He really did look like he was on Valium. He looked like he was just—you know—dead. De- but he stood up for his thing about the wall. He stuck to his guns about the wall. So we have that.
1: Case. Having a secure border is a sovereign right and mutually beneficial. We recognize and respect the right of either country to build a physical barrier or wall on any of its borders to stop the illegal movement of people, drugs, and weapons. Cooperation toward achieving this shared objective, and it will be shared, of safety for all citizens is paramount to both the United States and to Mexico.
0: So, and he was a little bit conciliatory about NAFTA, the trade agreement. He's said again and again, this is a disaster and Mexico is stealing all our jobs, which is kind of ridiculous on the face of it because it would mean that we want to be more like Mexico and then we'd all have to sneak into their country, which doesn't doesn't really make any sense. But he said openly and in front of the president, uh, Nieto, he said, that he felt that NAFTA had been better for Mexico than for the US. And Nieto said, look, there's room to modernize it, I think was the word he used. So, you know, he was just very, you know, I hate to use the word, but he was very presidential. He was the one who called on the questions from the press, which is actually not the way it usually works. Usually the guy from his home country, it's his home court, he calls on the reporters. But Trump was just, he was just in charge. He looked like, he looked like everything his supporters say he is. And, you know, I, I've been very honest about my, you know, feelings about Trump. I have a real problems with him, but I'm just telling it the way I saw it. Like, it looked to me, looking at that, I mean, look at this picture of him shaking hands. We have a, a picture of him shaking hands with the president, right? There's two guys who look like they're just on equal footing, right? This is, that, that's the way an American president should look. He's not looking down at him. He's not bullying him. He's just shaking hands with him. Compare that to Hillary Clinton. When she the bow, the famous Obama bow, because Obama is even worse. Obama does everything, but like put press his forehead to the ground, like he's in a mosque. So I mean it just it you know it is refreshing I'm sorry but it is refreshing to see somebody acting like a leader of a country and not like a that we have to go and apologize to people for supporting most of the free nations of the world. And of course we know that he did well because the left wing press went nuts. I'll get back to the New York Times. The New York Times went insane. They went out of their minds. But all of them, they tried to lead with the fact, Trump came out and said, we didn't discuss who would pay for the wall. That's a big Trump thing, right? Mexico is going to pay for the wall. And then Nieto came out and said, well, the first thing out of my mouth when we sat down to talk was that there's no way we're paying for this wall. And they said, oh, there's a big conflict. One person said it was one way, one but. All Trump said was they didn't discuss it, and he didn't respond. I mean, even the Mexican spokesman said, no, we didn't discuss it. He didn't respond. So that was just a comment that Nieto made. So it really – the whole thing went off well. Hillary attacked him before he even left, I think, before he even got back from the meeting. She was at the the American Legion where she gave a speech that was so irritating – in its pro-American you know, tone when all she has ever done her whole career is like diss the country. Anyway, then she said this about Trump.
3: You don't build a coalition by insulting our friends or acting like a loose cannon. You do it by putting in the slow, hard work of building relationships. Getting countries working together was my job every day as your secretary of state. It's more than a photo-op. It takes consistency and reliability. Actually, it's just like building personal relationships. People have to get to know that they can count on you, that you won't say one thing one day and something totally different the next. And it certainly takes more than trying to make up for a year of insults and insinuations. By dropping in on our neighbors for a few hours and then flying home again. That is not how it works.
0: So we have the spectacle of Hillary Clinton talking about trust that, you know, she's not going to she's not going to say one thing, you know, one day and something different. The next she's going to stick to her lies right down the road. You know? <laughs> will never change. And secondly, She looks like death. I mean, she looks like she didn't even wash her hair. You know, I I got the feeling like I got to go to the American Legion. I'm not feeling very well, but I got to get out. You know, she she looked like she didn't wash her hair. And, you know, every time you comment on her appearance, people say it's sexist as if I've never made jokes about the fact that Donald Trump looks like a walking cheese puff. You know, I mean, I think it's it's perfectly fair. The woman looks terrible. You know, somebody said she looks like a Bond villain, but she she may look like a Bond villain, but it's Donald Pleasance. I mean, you know, it's, not, it's not a good look. All right, so then Trump goes to Phoenix and then he makes his speech that he has been putting off where he's going to outline his immigration proposal. Is he gonna soften it? Is he gonna harden it? What's he gonna do? And the New York Times writes a lead. This is the lead they write. It, it looks like, you know... <laughs> It looks like it was written before the speech was given. They had to change it later. It started out, Donald J. Trump made an audacious attempt on Wednesday to remake his image on the divisive issue of immigration, shelving his plan to deport 11 million undocumented people and suggesting that the United States and Mexico would solve the immigration crisis together. Well, Twitter went nuts, okay? you know That's not what people saw. It reminded me, when I was a reporter, there was a, I think it was a July 4th picnic, and the reporter decided, what's going to happen at a July 4th picnic? The county supervisor was going to get up and give us a patriotic speech. So he didn't go. And he filed the story anyway. And the supervisor got up and had a heart attack. <laughs> so we had, the paper ran a story saying, you know, here was the speech by the, the super, county supervisor, the July 4th speech. But the true story was the speech by the county supervisor was whoosh, boom. You know? <laughs> and so he didn't attend. This was what this was like. It was like they filed it. So it doesn't matter. The point is, it doesn't matter. They rewrote the story then to say that, well, Donald Trump did try to sound hardline, but he wasn't going to do anything more hardline than Barack Obama has done. Barack Obama, according to the New York Times, has been tremendously hardline and effective on immigration. None of this matters because people see, you know, it's a new world. Nobody cares what's in the New York Times. People see what they see and they hear what they hear. The New York Times is basically now a lullaby for people who like to fall asleep to the sound of their own opinion spoken as if it were news. That's like what the New York Times is, and it's fish wrap. Hey, we got to say goodbye to Facebook, but we've got a lot more to talk about. Come over to The Daily Wire. Telly ho! All right, now we should just go fox hunting afterwards. I'm going to show up in one of those red things with that yeah. black hat. You know. All right, so let's look at the speech he made. It was it was you know it's it's really interesting because it sounded very tough and it went back to the old Trump tone about immigration. But he did leave himself some wiggle room, and it was very the thing that was really bizarre about it was that. Bizarre about it for Trump was that it was very specific. I mean, the whole take on Trump is that he says this is the problem and you go, yeah, 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 and I alone can fix it and it will be so great and I'll talk to the best people and all this stuff. Not at all. This was a 10-point plan. We'll go over all 10 points. But the first point he made was that whatever he does on immigration, whatever he does, if he builds like a white picket fence on 10 feet of Arizona, it's going to be better than what we have now. That's the first cut.
1: President Obama and Hillary Clinton have engaged in gross dereliction of duty by surrendering the safety of the American people to open borders. And you know it better than anybody right here in Arizona. You know it. President Obama and Hillary Clinton support sanctuary cities. They support catch and release on the border. They support visa overstays. They support the release of dangerous, dangerous, dangerous criminals from detention. And they support unconstitutional executive amnesty.
0: All true. Uh, it's all true, and and those criminals are not just dangerous. They're dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Maybe maybe it's three criminals. I don't know. Maybe it's, the, um, but but you know. And then he he brings up the mothers of people who have been killed by illegal aliens. You know, it's big, real political showmanship, and he's really doing it. So okay, ten points. Number one, he builds the wall. They pay. He has never backed down on this. You know, I see no reason not to believe him. Everybody keeps saying this is a logistical problem. It's going to be so tough. It'll never work. Blah blah blah. Uh, I'm not buying it. I, I got to go with Trump on this. I mean, it, it, you build a wall, you know. People have built walls. It works in Israel. It's it's harder here, but it, it's going to slow people down. It's going to slow people down. All right. Number two, he's going to end catch and release. If you get caught, you're gone. Seems fair to me. If you come over illegally and they catch you, they should send you back. Number three, this is the big one. This is the one where he can really sound tough because he's going. To, he says there are over two million criminal uh, criminals criminal aliens in the country, and he is going to send them back. And this is
1: the second coming. We are going to triple the number of ICE deportation officers. Within ICE, I am going to create a new special deportation task force focused on identifying and quickly removing The most dangerous criminal illegal immigrants in America who have evaded justice, just like Hillary Clinton has evaded justice, okay? (laughs) Maybe they'll be able to deport her. (laughs) <laughs>
0: All right, points points to the Donald. Come on, you know, I mean, the guy is on. This guy was this was his best day. This was really his best day. And you'll notice, by the way, if you're listening carefully, there's been this whole talk about a deportation force. Remember, he said originally that he said I think he told Chuck there's going to be a deportation force to deport the 11 million, who knows how many it is, people who are here illegally but haven't broken the law. So then they ask his spokeswoman, is there going to be a deportation force? She says to be determined, and then he kind of fudges on it. Now he uses the phrase task force, okay? So now he says, well, it's a deportation task force. Now – a task force is just a group of people in your department that is assigned a task right police if there's a serial killer in town the NYPD forms a task force it doesn't mean they hire anybody new it doesn't mean they bring in any new people it simply means you you and you you're off every other duty go catch the serial killer so that's so now he's using that phrase he's got deport he's got the word deportation and force in it but it's a deportation task force so he's off the hook he, and and you know what I'm sorry. But again, I'm giving him I'm cutting him slack here because the guy's got to move a little bit in order to appeal to the wider electorate. Everybody knows this. Everybody does it. And that keeps him in his, you know, in his ballpark. He's still talking tough. He's still saying what has to be said. Okay, so now what's what's the next one? He's going to get rid of those. And oh, and then um, he's going to block funding for sanctuary cities. So. This this one, I love the New York Times. The New York Times said, you know, this is just coercion. Obama is using friendly persuasion to end sanctuaries, friendly persuasion. Like Obama doesn't use coercion. He only uses coercion if you're a Tea Party organization trying to have a voice in the election. Then he calls out the IRS. You know, He only uses coercion if you're a police force trying to bring down crime in black neighborhoods. Then he comes over and takes over your force with a feder- federale He sends the federalis to take it over your force. If you're like a guy accused of rape in a university, he uses coercion to make sure that the university denies you due process. But he doesn't want to use coercion to cities who are breaking the law. That would be that would be mean, so Donald Trump is going to... All right, number five, he's going to... Can't, I think I left one out. Number three, I'll have to go back and find out what it is. But number five, he's going to cancel the executive orders and enforce all immigration laws. He says, we'll immediately terminate President Obama's two illegal executive amnesties in which he defied federal law and the Constitution to give amnesty to approximately 5 million illegal immigrants. All this stuff, you know... Resonates, and we'll get back to why it resonates, but I, I think all this stuff is important that it continu- it continues what he was saying during the primaries, continues the tough sound he made, you know, that appealed to so many people and the reason he's uh, where he is today. But I think that combined with his friendly—you he you know, he called Nieto a friend. He went over and sought— to, you know, talk to the guy. He shook his hand. He said what he had to say in front of him. He didn't insult people. I think that combined with that, this is just a very, very impressive performance. Listen, later on, we may say this Wednesday was the Trump campaign in Toto. You know, this may be the best thing he ever does, but it was good. It was good stuff. Okay, so with cancel executive. Number six, no visas to people from dangerous places. Not, don't, send, don't give them visas. Let's play that.
1: Another reform. <laughs> involves new screening tests for all applicants that include, and this is so important, especially if you get the right people, and we will get the right people, an ideological certification to make sure that those we are admitting to our country share our values and love our people. With all it's going through, we're very proud of our country. For instance, in the last five years, We've admitted nearly 100,000 immigrants from Iraq and Afghanistan. In these two countries, according to Pew Research, a majority of residents say that the barbaric practice of honor killings against women are often or sometimes justified. That's what they say. That's what they say, they're justified, right? And we're admitting them to our country. Applicants will be asked for their views about honor killings, about respect for women and gays and minorities, attitudes on radical Islam, which our President refuses to say, and many other topics as part of this vetting procedure. And if we have the right people doing it, believe me, very, very few will slip through the cracks. Hopefully none. OK,
0: tough stuff. And I mean, I, I got to believe a lot of people have been dying to hear this, not just on the right. A lot of people have been dying to hear somebody say, look, you know, you just can't let a guy in if he believes in honor killing. This has been a problem throughout Europe. It's been a hidden problem even here, even here. This is what, uh, you know, Ian Hersia Lee uh, campaigned against in Holland, and they threw her out of the country. They forced her out of the country rather than face the problem that women were being killed by uh you know, Islamic women were being killed for doing things like marrying out of the religion and stuff like that. All right, number seven, sanctions against countries that won't take their bad guys back. Very important. The Supreme Court said, you know, you can't, you can only hold a guy for six months uh, if if he's, if you can't deport him. So, you know, you try to deport a guy. He's been, we had one guy here at least, this was the, um, the famous uh, Casey Chadwick case. <clears throat> In Connecticut, they had a guy who had been convicted of attempted murder. They tried to send him back to Haiti. Haiti said, we don't want him. He's a criminal. So the Supreme Court said, you can only hold him for six months. They let him out. He killed somebody. You know, that's got to stop. Absolutely right. Uh, number eight, Complete the biometric entry-exit visa thing. That's been, I don't know, I, you know, this is this is the thing that's so crazy-making about this. Why not do this? How hard is this to do? That's so if a guy comes in on a visa, you can find out about it. If he overstays his visa, send him back. Number nine, I feel like I'm on family feud at this point. Uh, E-verify, you know, stop people from, uh, illegals from working because that's why they come over. They come over for the jobs. You know, there's plenty of good jobs in Mexico, but they're all selling drugs. That's the. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a terrible thing. Wow. Let's go back to Me- Mexican Americans. <laughs> Sorry, I take it all back. All right. And number 10, uh, reform legal immigration to let in the best and the brightest, which, of course, is if you're in a buyer's market, why not? Do what you've got to do. And this is his, his wind up.
1: We will break the cycle of amnesty and illegal immigration. We will break the cycle. There will be no amnesty. Our message to the world will be this. You cannot obtain legal status or become a citizen of the United States by illegally entering our country. Can't do it. This declaration alone will help stop the crisis of illegal crossings and illegal overstays, very importantly. People will know that you can't just smuggle in, hunker down, And wait to be legalized. Not going to work that way. Those days are over.
0: Good speech. Good day for Donald Trump. You know, he he left out you know I'm not he didn't go into a big thing I'm going to deport 11 million people he didn't start talking about that what he said basically is we talk about that on another day that's always been the right answer it's always been the right answer secure the border first and then people are willing to talk i think 77% of the people don't want legal people who've been here a long time being deported that's not the answer but once you've sealed off the border the anger goes down and that you know that is really what this is about you know it's not about bigotry it's not about Nationalism, which, whatever that means, you know, I mean, uh, it's hard to distinguish sometimes nationalism from patriotism. And it is not what the alt right thinks it's about, Donald Trump supporters, about having a white country, which is just baloney. I mean, all week long I've been fielding these guys, these alt right guys, with their cheap insults and their pseudo intellectualism. They're such a smarmy bunch. So, I mean, more smarmy for the fact that they do have some brains. They're not idiots. But, you know, this has never been a white country. This has never been a white country. There were always black people here. They helped build this country. You want to have a country without black people, then you want to have a country without some of the most beautiful things this country has produced. You know, when this country is gone, because all countries do go, the things that will be remembered are things like our music, you know, and that (laughs) you don't have black people in this country. There is no American music. There's no American songbook. There's no jazz. There's nothing, none of that. You know, each group each and they hate the jews you know you want to have a country without jews what's the most successful business in america hollywood you know what's the the best during the 30s 40s and 50s what was the best propaganda for america what made us gave us cultural dominance over the entire west and even really parts of the east it was hollywood who made hollywood you guessed it folks you know i mean this is like these guys these guys want to gut America, But that's not what this is about. It's not even about what the elite guys at the Wall Street Journal say, oh, you know, there's not that much crime coming in from Mexico and it's really people who overstay their visas and now the illegal immigration is at a a low and all that stuff. It's an insult to a people to not let them have their borders. It is an insult to a people not that the government can't fix something this simple. It's an insult to the people not to enforce the rule of law. And that's why Trump works when he works. That's why when he speaks like this, it it is very compelling. I'm, I've stopped making predictions about this campaign because there have been so many crazy things that have happened. But I will I will be surprised if he doesn't experience a bump in the polls over the next couple of days for this. And let's just see if he can stick with it and not shoot himself in the foot. All right, stuff I like. We always like to end with some music. Here's some music that always uh, gives me joy. I just like these guys, the piano guys. You've heard it. And this is one of their wonderful pieces. uh, That's what makes you beautiful. And what I love about this is that's what makes you beautiful. It's not that nice, really that good a song. It's kind of, you know, dopey and uh, plotting and all this stuff. They play it by going inside, reaching inside a piano and plucking the strings and using the different sounds they get out of it. Here's just a little cut of it. It really is terrific. I love that. It's a, it's a simple tune. They find the complications from within, and they look like they're having a good time. And we're having a good time. I'm sorry it's over, but you know we will try to survive. Those of you who survive the long Clavenless weekend can come back, and we will be here on Monday to start all over again. Thank you for listening. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Have a great holiday.